Transpotting contains adult language, juvenile humor, and honest depictions of trans joy. Consume at your own discretion. I love, I love it. it. everybody, welcome to Transpotting. I'm your host, Marcia Darling. Thank you for joining for us today. Hey, everybody. Why don't you all introduce yourselves? Are we your arms? She threw us for a whole cadence. <laughs> she just busts through the door and just... Marcia just joined the call like 15 seconds before that, so... Yeah. Just ready to get a glimpse into Marcia's brain on that one. I'm a professional podcaster. As you can tell from my excellent setup where the light's glaring in the back of my camera here. Marcia, I was just saying, Marcia, this will be the first, uh, hopefully the first uh, time we release a video, a video version of the podcast on the Patreon. (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) Marcia's about to get called out. You want to re-intro? <laughs> yeah. Sure, I'd, I'd like love to. The f- <laughs> Beautiful. Bringing the physical humor to the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, let's start. Let's do that again. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Transpotting. I'm your host, Marcia Darling. And I'm Celeste. And I'm Riv. We have a very special guest with us today. Alex, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, uh, I'm Alex or Alexandra Leanhart. I am um, a nerdy musician and I'm so excited to be here. We're so happy to have you. Mm -hmm. So happy to have you here. We're so excited that you're here with us. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. So great. So good. So good. It is very warm okay. everywhere, so we have fans going. Apologize for any fans going. Apologize for any so, drinks happening. I, I, th- I thought I wasn't supposed to have my fan on. <laughs> you can we do had whatever, this conversation. I told you you could do whatever you want, and I will just noise <laughs> you. you. Said, but you said it in a way of like, if it affects your personal health, it's okay. I ain't your mom, Celeste. <laughs> you could be. Oh shit. Oh shit. Uh, sorry, mommy. Sorry. Mommy? Mommy? Don't start that again. Sorry. Again? Mommy? So happy I'm here. <laughs> you get to see the real train wreck that we are. Pre edits. Uh, pure gold, pure gold. Pure gold. It is hot. I'm so sorry. I'm sweating my ass off. You are hot. Like, uh, yeah, I'm sweating. Like I said. I was great with you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. I am in such a mood today. 
Marcia, oh. you're always in a mood. All right, I, Alex. So tell us a little I, bit more about yourself. Yes, you know, kind of things that you. you like to do, all of that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, let's see here. I um, I am a professor of um, weirdness. So I teach all kinds of strange uh, stuff with sound design and. Uh, 3D fabrication because I'm a nerd. Ooh. Um, Ooh. I was into academia for a while, so I got some um, advanced degrees for my uh, whole entire um, thesis was on wirelessly levitating sculpturally powered circuitry. Um, Holy shit! I, That's really, uh, really cool. I'm really into <laughs> writing. Thanks. <laughs> I'm, what, what do I do? Uh, I really love comic books and board games. But like, who doesn't? Um, I'm really uh, I'm trying to get back into the music scene, and so I'm uh, I haven't been in the music scene for like ten years, or really performing live for like fifteen. So I just had some of my first shows recently, uh, which was a whole entire experience, and it's a fun thing to try and get a show like when you're like in your your thirties and you're like, hey, twenty two year old folk punk, don't you want like a thirty year old opening up for you? And so there's like a lot of uh, interesting things there, um, and also just uh, re-navigating. Know, recording music um, and performing um, as a trans gal. Uh, lots of stuff. I'm sorry. I should, I should, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little sick, so I'm sorry for that. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I just got over a sore throat that I had for like two weeks. So, right in time to start my new job. Ooh, nice. Ooh, yeah. That was fun. So that's so, so fascinating. You've got so much going on. Like, yeah. A lot of cool oh, stuff. Not just like, <laughs> like one cool thing, like all cool things. Yeah. You're like, oh, oh, I don't do much, just all these really cool nerdy things that are awesome. I'm like, holy shit, what do I do? <laughs> you do a podcast, Celeste. You're on it. Right right now. Yeah. Is this a podcast? Do... Is it? <laughs> Trans spotting. It's awesome. What is a podcast? Okay, so Alex. Oh. Alexandra. Do you prefer Alex or Alexandra? Uh, or a little bit of both? I think just a little bit of both. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Me, me too with, with Riven Rivers, so I get it. Uh, awesome. So that's a lot of really cool stuff you just rattled off, which is amazing. I am really curious about the whole 3D fabrication thing. Um, oh. What is the weirdest and or coolest thing that you've ever fabricated or have taught someone to fabricate? So when I'm teaching, we tend to do um, pretty easygoing starting projects. So I tend to do like, let's make, um, probably because I'm a board gaming nerd, like let's make a die. Everybody make a die and, and design yes. whatever you want to be on your die or a button. And that'll be like something really easy to start off with, like a 3D printer or a laser cutter. Um, or if they really want to get, everybody thinks that it's so cool to work with metal, but as soon as they start trying to work with like CNC milling machines, um, the, none of the students seem to want to linger on that machine. So on the, on the rare occasion, uh, perhaps something metal, like a metal brass button or something like that. Um, the coolest thing I've uh, fabricated, I, I really enjoyed making some earrings. Um, I've designed some cool little, um, this is this is topical. Uh, I designed a um, transgender heart uh, symbol that Internally is the symbol schematic or the schematic symbol for a transistor. So oh, that's uh, really cool. I if, love if that. If you like analog electronics, yeah. um, and so I really like that. Probably my other favorite thing is that's my that's my Eurorack case. 
um, where I have a bunch of synthesizers, and I like to build analog synthesizers for fun because dork. Ah, um, that's so I, cool. Yeah. But I uh, I designed and um, created the Eurorack uh, case, and that was just a bunch of fun um, laser cutting wood. But I got to do all these dorky like illustrations on the side that mostly say like you know trans rights and have you know anime looking uh, uh, beautiful. Um, women and stuff like that. So. Hell yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. That's great. That's really cool. I'm really curious now about the metalworking fabrication side. So I don't know a whole lot about this. Can you tell me why people don't linger too much on fabricating metal? Well, so like 3D, 3D printers are super pretty friendly and they tend to be um, plastics or PLA or ABS okay. or pet cheese, like the modern thing. Um, and so it's like a glue gun. You're just kind of moving your glue gun around and it's slowly mounting and cooling and stuff. And then, uh, and so that's called additive um, fabrication. And then you get to subtractive fabrication, which is when you get to like something like a laser cutter where you start off with like maybe a sheet of wood or, or um, specialized acrylic, not like off-gassing acrylic. You have to be kind of careful when you're burning plastics because it's very noxious. Um, but uh, then it's subtractive, right? You're burning it out, but you can do it to a much more uh, minute degree, which is pretty cool. And But you're kind of restricted to limited materials on that subtractive method. So when you get to CNC milling, it's, um, if any of you guys are like woodworkers, it's like a rotor, ro uh, rotary arm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's like a drill bit, and it's doing subtractive uh, 2 or 2.5D, where it has this drill bit, and it's oh, going okay. down. Mm -hmm. And and then you can use much more harder materials, including, like, bricks of metal. Mo usually something like al um, aluminum or aluminium for our, aluminium. Uh, over the pond <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, friends, you know, who have to watch out for the debris or, or debris. So um, Or debris. The, uh, <laughs> the, so you can use, like, a... Uh, 360 uh, uh, brass or um, 62, uh, 63 uh, aluminum uh, and use like a brick and you can actually make tools or metal jewelry or um, or any kind of large or small object. You have to work a lot more with securing because when you're doing like laser cutting, it never like really touches it. And with um, additive of like 3d printing it just builds up and so it's like already kind of gooey and it sticks but when you're dealing with metal you're like grinding something into it so you mm -hmm. really have to use like clamps and um if you're working with metal not plastics in a cnc uh mill then you can do like metal touches because of conductiveness which can kind of help not describing it very well but you can basically it's all about sensing where it's where it is in space you're kind of creating this vacuum of of knowing where everything is, uh, because every time you put in, you load in a new material, it's going to be a different spot. And so you have to check out all the different um, objects. Anyway, so I teach all these things to some students and and uh, the students, I always leave CNC milling for last because whereas like people can kind of get the concept of like a 3D model, like in Maya or a video game or something like that, and then extruding it to make a 3D print is pretty easy. And then from like a 2D representation of like laser cutting, you're like, oh, like Illustrator or Photoshop, I'm burning an image or cutting something out. That's pretty easy to get. But when you get to metal subtractions uh, and like that SVGs and stuff like that, um, you have to like start interpolating or uh, generating like G-code a little bit more 
you start coming, these other two processes can become, I work at art college, FYI, are much more um, art college student friendly, whereas the other one, you start digging a little bit more into engineering school and you kind of see it too with like the tutorials and how things are run where they're like, this is so fun and we're creative. And then it's like over here, they're like, we're going to teach you how to make a bicycle chain. I'm like, oh, I guess that's cool. I don't know. Like, so. No, no, that was great. You actually answered one of my questions I was going to have is like, what is the like practical use of this? But you said you're doing this at an art college. So that makes sense. It is about expression yes. and creating things to show off. So yeah, exactly. About the actual art that you're maybe you're making the art itself um, or the craft like jewelry, or maybe you're making something that's like the display, something that allows you to show your, your um, art, like something that holds the art piece or something that perhaps is the part of the creation of the art. So maybe you're creating an iris that helps take photos. You know, you're creating the tool. Mm -hmm. And so those are the kind of three facets that we kind of look at in like a nerdy, nerdy kind of a pedagogic sort of way. Yeah. I, I, actually, I actually grew up doing a lot of metalworking. Um, ah, so you probably know more than me then. Maybe. I mean, I like know how to weld and stuff like that. Oh, and the TIG cool. and MIG, MIG welding? Yeah, both, yeah. Wait, what did you say, TIG and? TIG and MIG? Yep. Actually, I do more TIG than MIG. I haven't done any MIG. But, um. What? That was just kind of something. <laughs> that was just something since I grew up on a farm, you know, my dad taught me how to do it. And it's just. It's really interesting. I grew up pretty, like, adjacent to that kind of stuff. My dad was a very, like hands-on, wants to fix everything. Like, um, oh. he repaired dental equipment for a living. Both oh as his own business and then working for a business doing that kind of stuff. So I would get, like, little bits of him learning to weld and stuff because he also loved working on cars. And he wanted so bad to share these, like, interests with me. And I just, I could not give less of a shit. Like, <laughs> I wanted to go back inside and read a book or play video games oh. or something. Yeah, and I didn't say I learned how to do this because I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I was at least given oh. the space to, like, I had to stand around for a while and pretend to be interested, but then I would eventually just go back inside and, you know, help my mom make dinner or something. So oh. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting that I'm catching words that, like, oh, I remember growing up hearing those words, but, like, actual practical application is none. So just to make sure I get this right, so doing 3D printing with like plastic is almost, it's like putting down layers of plastic on top of each other, like a hot glue gun. Yeah, the glue, the glue gun. gun. I like that. I like that analogy. And then doing it with metal is normally the inverse of that. So you're, you're, you're removing pieces of metal. Is that correct? You're like chipping, so like a milling machine, chipping you're away. chipping away okay. at a, a block and stuff. And then, so cool. whereas um, laser cutting, which you can get like plasma cutters too, but usually, you know, at least nine times out of ten, you're dealing with like a standard laser cutter that burns like wooden plastics. Uh, then you're like vaporizing things. And so you're making cuts, but in very minute ways, which is very cool because then you can make... Um, Call it like th things that are at such a rake so close to each other that they can just kind of slide in and out and stuff. You can make very exact cuts or go into depth. You only have like a 2D um, aspect though, so you can mark or you can cut, <laughs> I guess is a way to describe it. Um, yeah. All these... <laughs> 
This is what you're here for, folks. These these good trans topics. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we want to go on an, a trans topic, you could talk about uh, your transition journey and what that was like for you. How long have you been trans? Uh, and how did you find out? The transiting. <laughs> the transiting. When did you catch the trans? Um, see here. Uh, I have... I have been trained. Oh, this is a long story. Yeah, uh, that's why we asked. Yeah, 100%. Okay. This is a long podcast. Do it. Do it. <laughs> okay. I do appreciate the, the part ones and twos. Um, <laughs> okay. So uh, I, I, I'm i I'm a young 30. Um, I, uh, I... Well, you don't look a day over 29. Thanks. <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere. Um, uh, so I... When I turned um, 29, I started questioning things a more degree. I think some of us might be able to relate to that kind of uh, decade changeover where you start to reassess things. And so um, I started assessing things. I was married, in a very healthy relationship, and um, I, uh, I fell into some research, started researching a whole bunch of things that I had kind of like put in the back of my mind and decided that I wanted to see a gender therapist because I was very much that kind of egg where I was like, I'm going to get, uh, clearly, if you can tell, I'm like, I'm going to get a professional and they're going to deem it so or not so. And then I'll be like, ha ha, not trans, this one. Um, and, uh, and so I... Still cis though. yeah. And so I, um, I notified my, um, uh, my partner at the time, uh, which very surprised them that I was going to go and see a therapist who specialized and uh, gender identity and things like that, and worked through with them for about three months before they were just like, Alex, you, I, you, I can't say it for you. Just, are, oh. <laughs> and so, so then I, I started, um, uh, I started contemplating, and I, and I was working through it with my partner a bit, and they were very much of the mindset that, um, uh, you know, I, I can be with you, but I'm not gay. My, my uh, ex wife um was like I'm not gay so if this is just like a expression thing you know I can probably I can get around that and things like that but if you start taking like if you start medically transitioning then I'm gonna see you entirely as a woman and I'm not gay and, and that would probably be the end of relationships so then I was like okay I've got this like very intense pressure ch change up of like you know how do I choose between these two things foolishly I obviously I can choose both right so um you would wish so you could choose I, both but sometimes you can't <laughs> Yeah, and so uh, I went through uh, six months of kind of like going back and forth and really thinking about like getting cleared for HRT um, and then kind of sitting on it for a long time. And then December 1st, uh, 2019, I decided to go through with it and started. Um, I was planning on waiting until the new year, but I'm not very good at waiting. So, <laughs> um, And so I, uh, I started HRT then and stuff like that, and that started the unravel of that relationship uh, and eventual <laughs> divorce and stuff, which total side thing, like she's my best friend. Uh, my current partner and I helped her find her husband. We have dinner with her like every like Thursday. We're very funny and queer in that kind of way. That's like, so cute. I love my that. My mom and uh, my mom invites us and her over because she, uh, she likes that daughter maybe almost, you know, mm -hmm. at least as much. So <laughs> anyway, um, so all positive 
there, so to speak, in the long run. But anyway, so then I, uh, I started transitioning and I kind of was going um, under the radar where I was transitioning. I was at work. I've been working at the same college for about eight years now. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to slowly, uh, and, and my ex-wife at that time was like, okay, well, if you're going to do this, you should maybe start incorporating, you know, your, your very, so I think we go all, I'll go through this process of where we're like, right before I transitioned, I was like, I'm going to work out a whole bunch. That'll make me feel better. And then I was like, I'm going to like beef up and things. And then, um, yeah, which is always a mistake. I mean, and I then, can uh, definitely <laughs> attest to me doing that. Yeah. Although I think I, I think started enjoying thing. working out more when I was, uh, after transitioning. Well, then I had this like weird point where I was like, I started a transition, but I wasn't like publicly mm-hmm. or I don't know what we'd call it, like, I guess full time. And so I had Socially this like weirdness. That, you were, you were transitioning like, in stealth. Yeah, transitioning in stealth. And so they were just like, who's this like very like femboy who's like working out next? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I would just be like there in like my little booty shorts. And I'm like, this is fine. Um, anyway. Everything is fine. <laughs> because that's oh, a whole nother story. I get anxiety story. when I do that. Still, um, I don't really work out at the gym anymore. I work out at home and stuff when I do, but I was working out in a public gym because it was before the pandemic and I was like, oh, this is great. And, and I would run into other professors there. Um, and there was this one professor who's very kind. I won't say his name and stuff, but his, he's very kind and very conservative and is like super buff, like ridiculously buff. And so like, I'd it's be like there like, jacked, doing, like, I'm like gonna, Hugh Jackman, like, so, like, I would be there and I'd be like, I'm going to do lunges now because I hear that helps, you know, emphasize curves. And then I would look over and he'd be doing, like, one-arm chin-ups. And then I'd be like, okay, now I'm going to do, like, donkey kicks. And then I would look back over and he's doing one-arm push-ups upside down. And it's, like, ridiculous. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Sounds like Kronk from The Emperor's New Groove, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Sound like Kronk. But a professor version of that. Yeah. yeah. That's he taught squirrels, too. He he used to draw for Disney. He oh, had very Disney know. style. Right. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, this is becoming very long. I apologize. Um, uh, apologize. Yeah, so um, yeah, fast forward. I'm uh, I'm like going to being like to having a little bit more like nicer button downs and actually fitting clothing because I hadn't ever had interesting clothing before. Um, probably can attest to a lot of other people having similar reactions or. Mm-hmm. Uh, processes um and then the pandemic happens oh no and i'm like hmm this seems like a convenient time i'm like 10 months in hrt and i'm pretty sure though i'm not sure yet but at the time i was pretty sure i was going to grow breasts we're still waiting to hear out on that but nevertheless (laughs) at the time i was really excited and um and i was like okay so uh uh i i should like I should like let my work know because who knows, like we're going to, it's been like two months. We're in this, like the world is ending and we're going to come back and we might be back in like three months. And by that time I'm going to have breasts and there's going to be questions. And so I, (laughs) and so I reach out to HR, which we didn't have. It doesn't, it this doesn't doesn't look good for my work. We didn't have at the time really. (laughs) Um, And so, uh, sorry, just a side story (laughs) at my new job, there's a little clip with a little smile on it, like one of those alligator clips. And like um, the old they were like, this is HR. Clips. You can call your complaints here. Well, there's only six of us that work in the office, seven, I think. So there's, it's just not a big enough business for a whole HR firm. Mm-hmm. That, I, that makes sense, but it's intimidating. Oh, it's, I think it's cute. I keep HR on my desk. <laughs> oh. Got them in your pocket. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
we're pretty small. We're in what's known as a micro college. So um, there's very few people. There's about, uh, there's between like 30 and 40 work full time total such. And so who is working HR is basically HR was your, your supervisor, your boss and stuff. And so um, I set up a meeting uh, with her and she was like, oh, thank God, I thought you were quitting and stuff. Um, and I was like, oh, no, 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 I just want to change things over. At that point in time, um, I was in IT. Um, uh, I moved from IT since then into being a professor some and stuff. Uh, but I had to, in a great kind of sense they were like we don't know what to do about this can you help us and I was like okay and so I wrote the process since they never had like a employee for this of like what is the process when somebody comes out and like how do we announce this and and stuff and so the process that I developed was like okay you you ask like what needs to be changed you ask if they want to have some sort of um some sort of uh announcement and then you back up that announcement whether that announcement is given from a uh supervisor sort of HR standpoint or where that comes from like if it's a small enough institution or a small or a separate team they announce to their team uh, themselves and then there's a bigger announcement those sort of things and so I got to develop all of that and yeah so that's a whole nother experience then too of being like what's it like to be at a place that you uh had like six years of like working there um uh before or five years of working before transition which is a whole nother thing uh, yeah, what was that experience like stuff. for you? Was, were most people supportive? Um, was it kind of strange? It was most people were very supportive of the perks of working in art college, probably. Um, and, the, you know, some questions and stuff like that. There is some classic, we have some uh, facilities, individuals who've worked there for like 30 or 35 years who are just like old-fashioned what you call like kind of good old boys and stuff like that like the kind of people who would like come up and tell me like a very raunchy unkind gay joke and stuff like that oh, because good. they're like because they're like you know 69 years old and they, nice. and they <laughs> and like uh, oh yeah I didn't realize I did that I guess I just embedded my brain yeah because <laughs> they're a little older and you know they're like a good old hunting and fishing guy and stuff and so like everybody was like oh no oh no and I'm like look he's gonna be fine like I don't know like uh and so I think there was probably like conversations behind uh not around me from like people being like hey supervisor of this person please make sure because then like for a while I was like I haven't seen like uh I'm gonna call them um uh, Johnny. I haven't seen, like, Johnny in, like, six months, and then I would, like, see him, and he'd, like, turn the corner, and I'm like, somebody must have been like, just don't talk to Alex. If you, <laughs> which is not what you want. You don't want people to be like that. But, uh, uh, I used to be a little nervous about it, and I still kind of dream about not, I mean, that's a whole another discussion of being, like, stealth and things like that. I think stealth is, and, like, passing, of course, is, is such an individualized goal, and it's something that I think, yeah. personally, I would like not necessarily to exist in a stealth kind of way, but I would love to have the option. I think is the difference. Like I would just like to work someplace where no one knew, and then I could reveal or like tell two people whenever I'm ready at any given instance and stuff. And so sometimes there there's that history, and we all know like what it's like to be misgendered because there's a history there with our family or friends or anybody like that and it certainly exists at work because they have a long time but mysteriously everybody and now I've been here long enough that there's been a lot of turnover and everybody knew only identifies me one way and stuff and and 
may not even know and stuff. I've had some funny stories of that too, where people have come up and been like, hey, we have like a lot of uh, trans students, but I don't understand it. Can you like talk to me about that? I know you're you're gay. You have a girlfriend, right? And I'm like, oh, they, they just think I'm gay. <laughs> That's kind of fun. Yeah. Like, anyway. This has been a this has been a or ramble. I'm I apologize and stuff. No, um, it's perfect. That's why we have lots doing, of other doing questions. Great. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, for when yeah. you were realizing who that you were trans, what were some of the signs that kind of like stood out to you? So a method that um, at the time I was developing was. Um, well, there is some, there's some of that, like, oh, there were no signs that you buried and stuff. And I realized, like, I had this conversation with myself when I was 23 and I had just, like, graduated undergrad and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, there's this thing called trans. That makes sense. Too bad. Too old for that. Uh, put that away, sort of thing. Put that back in the uh, hall. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then, like, six years later, I'm, god damn, oh, sorry, is expletives okay? Oh, yeah. Fucking uh, no. I'll- all of them. All of, all of them. God all of the damn it. And I was like, ass, everything. Jeez, um, I'm going to have a lot of work this episode bleeping everything. <laughs> <laughs> you should bleep the like, I'll just make sure every now and again I'm just going to be like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just because you can. Exercise That'll be right. when the beep yeah. comes. It'll yeah. be two seconds after, like yeah. River said. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, and so... When I was questioning, I guess, um, I, I went through this process of deciding that I wanted to try things, and if it felt good, then keep doing them, or if I if it doesn't feel, feel good, then, you know, don't put a label on it to start off sort of thing. And so, like, the early things, I was like, okay, well, feel better wearing, you know, like, panties or something like that. And I'd be like, okay, I feel better, like, if I very late to the game started growing hair in my chest. And I was like, I feel very good if I went to laser for this yeah. sort of thing. And then mm -hmm. if I felt good after the session, well, I mean, uh, mentally, maybe not physically. Good. <laughs> um, after the session, I'd be like, oh, okay, uh, this seems right. This seems in the right direction. And so I kind of discussed that. And that was something that at the time, uh, my ex-wife had and my therapist had kind of been like, oh yeah, this seems like a good idea. Just like kind of follow euphoric kind of moments and stuff like that. Um, and that eventually morphed into other things like rather be addressed certain ways. Um, uh, and I was always called Alex and stuff, but I feel like the eye really helps. The eye really helps mm -hmm. people. I like it. <laughs> um, but then also, uh, uh, you know, uh, pronouns and um, other expressions. Oh, what pronouns uh, I'm sorry, what was the question? <laughs> oh, I was just asking... Um, when you were going through this discovery process, what were the signs that stood out to you that eventually got to the point where you couldn't ignore them? So you have been listing them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it was trying things out and realizing that you felt better that way. Yeah, yeah. seeing what sticks and what amplifies the positive and optimisticness. I think kind of asking people this question that we live in. <laughs> yeah, asking people this question for me is really interesting because everybody has their own specifics. There's a lot of mm. like really general things that a lot of people can be like, yeah, that's similar to mine, but everybody has their own personal story, which is really fascinating to me. You know? I really admire the way that you you really piece that together on like, oh, let's just chase the things that I like. Um 
I wish I had had that kind of like mature understanding of that at the beginning. Because at first it was like, oh, I need to, there's these preconceived ideas I have. Let me try to jump into that all the way. And then like some of it fit and some of it didn't. And there was a lot of battling in myself. So I really admire that you were just like, oh, this one thing, do I like this? Yes, I do like this. Let's keep doing that. And that gentle exploration is so cool to me. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think that's something we should, of course, encourage everyone everywhere to kind oh, of do. Yes. And of course, everything is so much, um, now I'm over three years in and stuff, and so everything's much kinder in hindsight. Like, I mean, there was, you know, nights of, of crying and being oh, alone. Course. There were times when I went and I'm like, I'm going to get my eyebrows done at Sephora, and it's going to change my whole entire <laughs> face, and then realizing that, I, you know, it didn't look like it did anything, you know, like... There is uh, all these, um, you know, moments of going to the doctor being like, okay, I'm finally ready to ask him about this thing. And then being treated absolutely like, like shit and having to find another doctor who would actually give me yeah. like a time of day and stuff, which I'm yeah. sure we all test you. But looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, it was so great and stuff like that. But yeah, I, there was, I was, I, I appreciate being called mature, though I'm not sure if I earned it. <laughs> But I guess I guess it's the the ideology behind it. Like you can still get pieces of it wrong. I wasn't saying, oh, you nailed that perfectly. You Way to go. everything first is perfection. Try, everything. Yeah, first try. Yeah. Ding. That's not what I was saying. It's just I guess yeah. that's the the Sorry. state of mind of it all. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's so cool. First try is not something anybody does. You know. No. I love the not even the Mia. Meme I saw recently. Hey. <laughs> Where they're like, they're like, um, you know, sorry if I messed up. It's my first time being alive, you know, sort of. Yeah, exactly. No. I kind of really, I dig that. So. Sorry I messed I up. Like I'm a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Neo I, is the second best trans allegory in cinema. Second best. What's what's the first? Oh, have you guys seen the new Spider-Man? Oh, I haven't seen that <laughs> oh, either. Yeah, so I will good. counter and say, so have good. you seen uh, the uh, Netflix version of the animated series no, sorry, animated movie, Nimona, by, oh, N- no. by N.D. Uh, Stevenson. Um, I've wonderful seen trans trailer. allegory because, you know, N.D. is trans. Um, and, you know, they, they did the, the comic uh, originally. So oh. highly recommend it. I, I watched it last night. I cried the whole time. Uh, with a lot of heart. It's good. But Spider-Man, I haven't seen the newest one yet, and I want to. So good. So good. I've just seen the the image that everybody keeps sharing yeah. protect trans kids the the actual story behind it is beautiful so mm-hmm. no, it's extremely well done mm-hmm. and that's only the third best oh, <laughs> damn it. Keep going. have you seen your name kimi noah no that's an no. anime it's fantastic check it out i don't think it's intentional as a trans allegory but it sure fits as one and it, you'll cry too. With a uh, Riv saying, "Cried last night." What was the last thing you all watched and cried to? Ooh, that's a oh. great question. Episode three of The Last of Us. Oh, oh so good! Oh. So good. Heart-wrenching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't realize Nick Offerman as a doomsday prepper. I know, right? <laughs> would make me cry. Just had to make him gay. Yeah, that was all it took. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that he plays a gay character in a lot of different shows and movies. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, good for you. 
great. So this isn't fiction, but the last thing I cried at is actually the last two days. Uh, my wife and I have been binging the four episodes of Shiny Happy People. That's the documentary That's the about, the Duggar, family, right? about the Duggar family. Yeah. And I have a like pretty deep religious background that touches a lot of the same elements. Me so too. a lot of that stuff really hit really close to home. So I actually just finished that like 15 minutes before I started this podcast. So it is very fresh in my mind. I'll have to watch that too. Now I've got two wrecks. It's extremely well done. It's, I'm honestly pretty impressed at Amazon for public, like being willing to be behind this. It's pretty, nice. it's pretty harsh. How about you, Alexandra? Awesome. Uh, yesterday, my girlfriend's a big Don Hertzfeldt fan. Um, which people would probably remember him from maybe his less, from his more known, less uh, cerebral work of like rejected cartoons. Of course. Uh, but he's done, he's done a couple of videos, very beautiful videos. And I believe one of his recent videos was called It's Such a Beautiful Day, which is a three-part video uh, done in his kind of multimedia style um, from the perspective of somebody. It's, it's a little... Um, amorphous but it's kind of from the perspective of somebody going through uh, dementia and dying and it's it's so beautiful and so good and uh, and just made me sad and of course feel very uh, existential and like what am I doing with my life in all the best kind of ways and stuff like that um, but it's yeah his, there's still like his little bit of like this that little bit of satirical without being the, that really early work is very uh, crude, right? He still uses crude drawings, but he it, it, it's a great example from like an uh, from an art college sort of perspective. Like he's using his multimedia style to enhance the narrative and stuff, and so he's using you know imposed real or uh, he's superimposing his drawings on like real but foggy and out of focus um, filmography. And uh, yeah, that, that, that sounds really, really interesting. Really Cried a lot. Uh, he also did one earlier than that, a film. So I suggest looking at his, his films. Yeah, it's such a beautiful day. It's really, really good. And then he did a film earlier than that called... Um, oh, uh, He did a, a, just a sci-fi film about what's it like when we reach the point when the world is finally finished and stuff, which is similarly um, in his kind of satirical sort of way. I'm going to have to look World those up. Those my girlfriend hears me in the other room. She's like, World of Tomorrow is the other one. <laughs> Thank you, lovely. sweetheart. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Okay. I have a question. <laughs> Wait, did, did Riv give an answer? Did I miss it? Oh, well, my original oh. answer was the last thing I watched that I cried to was uh, Nimona last night. Oh, yes. So okay, I I'm sorry. My brain... Cursed. Yeah, my brain. Okay, no, thank you. So thank you for ahead, thank you, you for before thinking the question me. was asked. I appreciate that. Thank you for thinking of no me and being inclusive. No problem. How do you spell pneumona? N i m o n a pneumona. Can you use it in oh, a sentence, please? I I I was spelling it with a p at the start. Oh, like pneumonia. Yeah, like pneumonia. Oh, like pneumonia. Okay, <laughs> I see you. No, it's not like that. It's a name. So I was going to ask, now that you've transitioned, what sort of ways make your, has your, what ways would you say that your life is better? 
what ways do you think that you've been able to accomplish more or be more fulfilled as a person? A really good question. That's a mic drop like question. Deep stuff there. That's a deep one. Um, well, so for me, there. So a lot of people talk about having a fuller spectrum of emotion, mm-hmm. and I certainly feel that. Um, but it goes beyond emotion. It goes with like, you know, emotion expression. What you when you feel more comfortable with yourself, I think you just let yourself have less limits and so you just kind of let yourself do and be all the things that you you don't use I put up less walls <laughs> I guess I'm saying that's very abstract um but uh in positive ways um and I really like I like I like feeling more I like crying um you know <laughs> and that's certainly a lot more of that crying um, is so nice I feel much closer to a lot of uh people than I did before some family members I feel yeah, I think a lot to do with that openness um, of expression and relationships and stuff, like with my partner and stuff on like a the intimate level, of course, feeling, because um, there's always, you always kind of feel like, I, I think, at least for a lot of us, I'll just speak for myself, for myself, I always feel like you're kind of following up something or, you know, music terminology like using some sort of low pass or mm-hmm. or a high cut filter or something like that um to kind of uh limit yourself and so i think putting on know, a little bit of a performance like instead of being totally and, off and when you're doing that it's easy to or it's difficult to have like emotional closeness when you're acting but yeah so then what's um What's the, I don't know, there's always just like, when are you done transing? Like, Ooh, where where, where are you at with yourself? And what would you like to, you know, keep growing about yourself in the future? That can be involving being trans or not. It can be just as a person. I have some fairly tangible goals. Um, but it's very important to keep those tangible goals in something that's within the realm of reachableness so that you don't cause um you know too much angst i say this out loud to myself for myself to hear and stuff um but uh for me um i've had a couple of gender confirmer uh, confirmation surgeries and stuff like that some of my and my goals i think are kind of shifting and stuff i i would i would really love i would really really love to have breasts at some point in time that seems really nice i could i could really get behind that so <laughs> we'll see how that that goes, um, and uh, uh, I wish you all the titties in the world. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Sweetheart, is it okay if I tell a story about how beautiful and curvy you are? Okay. Um, so <laughs> that was adorable. Beautiful. That was adorable. That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh my god. My beautiful girlfriend um, started transitioning um, a year after me. And such, and um, and she's very very skinny, skinnier than me, and and such a cute little lady and stuff. And I was like, oh well, this is you know, fine. And and I was like, I got I'm a, I'm a nerd at heart. So when I started transitioning, I really got into literature and like application. I'm like, okay, there's like sublingual, but there's like progesterone, and then like if you um, spread it throughout the day, and then oh, if you after a year, you can kind of switch to like maybe a paternal method, like an injection and an intramuscular me- uh, 
injection might help out there and stuff. So I got like really into it and trying to work this. And I was like, oh, well, and then Spyro's not super great. Maybe you can get like Lupron or something like that. Or Bicalutamide or, or Cyclone. Yeah. And which, of course, all at least I'm in the kind of rural area between um, Philly and uh, Baltimore um, in that kind of area. And unfortunately, we have not the city doctors. And so they're like, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Uh, you get Spyro. That's what we've been giving since the '90s. Here you go, um, and stuff. And so, so uh, where was I going with this? Oh, anyway, so my my girlfriend is like, eh, I'll take my my um my estrogen when I think of it, um, and uh, and I'll just you know take the pill and stuff. And then like within like a year, she has the most beautiful. She should be like a poster child for like trans femmes. She has the biggest beautiful breasts I've ever seen. <laughs> And she's like, you know, skinny as a stick. I don't know where I was going with the story except for just to talk about how beautiful my girlfriend's breasts are. But, um, <laughs> That's uh, adorable. I'm, I'm you're jealous. Yeah, I, 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 I am jealous. I could kind of see the moment where your your mind drifted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally and fine. So, um, so yeah. Uh, uh, so long-term goals um, would be uh, things like... Uh, I'm very self-conscious about my voice, and you guys had the the wonderful and beautiful and amazingly talented Robin Shakedown on last episode, I think. And uh, she has a wonderful voice, especially as a musician. Uh, I would love to get a better performative voice mm-hmm. or performance um, st- style of voice to to record and to play live and stuff, because there is something kind of uh, fun. And I do notice when I'm like not playing a pride show, I'm like, people are like, oh, pretty girl. And I'm like, hmm, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> that's a that's a nice baritone on that that girl singing that's, there. That's a nice um, Toby Keith impression you've got there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. and so, that's how I feel. So improving my voice, um, growing growing breasts, or maybe eventually getting fat transfers. Some things I have felt very good about. I've had um, some minimal bottom surgery, which allows me to no longer take Spyro, which was like the best Beautiful. gender confirmation Ooh. surgery ever. I know it really takes balls to do that, right? It um, does. So. It does. <laughs> And um, <laughs> that was like a really good example of like a gender confirmation surgery where it's like you get scared for different maybe confirmation surgeries you get. But like I got it. And like for me, it was like immediately like all the dysphoria was going, gone, which was just so weird and hard to explain because I didn't know if it was a stepping stone or not. And I was like, um, oh. it just goes to show how like things are so individualized. I'm talking a lot again. What about you all? You guys. <laughs> uh, how are you doing? This is this just, just deflecting. We're is all amazing. fine. <laughs> You're all, oh, we're all fine. Nerd. Everything's fine. How, how, are, how are you? Yes. Is that course. a scene from Galaxy Quest? We're all fine here. Uh, how are you? It's a Star Wars. Oh, uh, my God. The Marcia, very first Star Wars reference. I'm pulling your nerd card <laughs> away from you. Oh, sorry. I'm kidding. Um, I'm oh, kidding. that's from Han Solo. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So, so are I you didn't saying quote you got, it very well, to be fair. Are you saying that you got a bothaectomy? Is that what happened? Am I reading between the lines? Oh. Between the legs? I mean, the lines. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> I remember seeing the comic on that. Who's the, the one comic the artist, artist who did it? Such a lovely, quick comic that I laughed my ass off yes. at. It took me a moment to to figure it out. It's just saying because I love like wordplay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, if you like wordplay, <laughs> an ancient Greek <laughs> walks into his tailor's office. He has a pair of ripped pants. Euripides? The tailor asks. Yeah, Eumenides? The man replies. 
<laughs> Amazing. Oh, oh Marcia. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, Marcia. Good thing so I, I can control to, um, the volume for all of our, all of our <laughs> different channels. I'll just, I'll just, just, I'll just go mute myself for the rest of the episode. Turn that down. Uh, on Mar- I'm kidding. I love you, Marcia. <laughs> so do you, you just had that like in your back pocket. Do you, oh, do you yeah. all ever, that's something that's kind of amazing to me. Like, do you ever memorize jokes? No, I mean, but I have a hard time forgetting them. <laughs> I have, I have one. So we. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So some people are just naturally funny, like like Marcia's. <laughs> here's 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 um, a, a story that you might have heard. Have you ever heard of the um, the person Gandhi? Yes. Not a lot of people know this, but you know he walked around barefoot everywhere, so he was known for having very thick calluses. He also was known for um, having apparently really bad breath. And um, he also was known for, you know, because of his fasting, he was had a pretty fragile constitution. And so, and he was also, you know, a very mystical type of person, kind of a guru. And so not a lot of people know this, but he was known as a super callous, fragile mystic hesked with halitosis. This is the best, like, loquacious sesquipedalia that I could possibly hope for. And the most, you know, general... I do like having my bombastic vocabulary occasionally. Yes. Just bring out some flax and all pillification, you know? I don't even know that one. (sighs) Whoops. Anyway. So this is what I love. I do like sesquipedalian, though. Yes. This is what I love doing in in songs. What's you? Um, is a, what do you like to Squipedalian is an unnecessarily long word. Yeah, so like loquaciousness is to like to use long words and then sesquipedalian is to you you guys all know so then like it becomes like tautology right where you're kind of saying the same thing but kind of in the most verbose way possible. Yeah. So yeah, I love doing this in in song lyric writing actually. This is like my jam. I love writing um like unusual or like uh, old words or like words that might have like kind of a funny double meaning. And now, of course, with writing as being trans, everything, my latest stuff that I'm writing, is, uh, the latest album I'm working on is a very themed album. It's all um, about being optimistic in an apocalypse. And it's all uh, kind of falling in love with these in, during the apocalypse and usually with like apocalyptic type monsters and stuff like that. But it's also like kind of a lot of this double... Um, meaning for like the kind of trans experience and finding love with yourself. And if you guys are uh, perhaps um, trans academic nerds, you might know like Susan Stryker with um, her wonderful performance uh, of, um, she does a performance and it's called Frankenstein's Monster or something like that, where she did this theatrical paper and performance presentation back in 94 or 96 and stuff um, relating like, you know, I am, uh, the monster, but I'm beautiful and intelligent, and really I'm just normal. But everybody sees me as different for some reason. Anyway, this is a tangent. <laughs> Sorry. This whole podcast yeah. is a tangent, so no need to here. apologize. Was we thrive on tangents? Yeah, our bread and butter, and also rest of the sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then we use the intro and outro music as the bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A tangent sandwich. Yeah. And the rest Bookends. is just a... Uh, yeah. <laughs> when you're looking Words. for inspiration for your art, 
Is the reason that you do art to express some side of yourself that you're not able to express in any other way? Or do you feel like you have to like look for that expression because you want to make art? I think it's a bit of both. I think expression is... Uh, so to me, creation is super, super in, important. And so there's a little bit of like, I want to make because in reality, I, I tend to think that when you create, you're a deity, right? You, like you become... Um, a, a goddess for a moment. You are that. bringing something unique in to this world and stuff. And, you know, everything, of course, shatters and fades in time and stuff like that. But for this moment and what you share is something that came from you, which is really, really cool. Uh, it just happens that my process is tends to be often research-driven. And so there is, like, a little bit of this kind of give and take, but that's very enjoyable for me. So, like... Recently, I, I was playing a pride show and I was like, oh, I get to play a pride. I'm so excited. I should write like a gay song. My girlfriend's always like looking at me and I'll be like making dinner and she'll look at me and she'll be like, you're so gay. And so then, <laughs> and just like over and over again, she thinks it's you like the funniest joke ever. should write a song called, ever. you're so gay and I wrote this song about you. <laughs> exactly. You probably think this song's about you. And it um, is. <laughs> but, uh, and so she thinks it's the funniest joke. It is the funniest joke ever, sweetheart. She thinks it's the funniest joke. <laughs> Ever. And she just, she'll do it. It's like she never has another one. It'll, it might be even like 50 seconds since last time she said it. And she'll be like, but you're so gay. <laughs> so, anyway, so then I was like, okay, I should, I want to, I want to write a song. Um, and I love researching like some nerdy song stuff, like, you know, unusual key changes and stuff like that. But really it comes down to if you're, I pick up a guitar and then I'm like, okay, I want, I have a theme. And so I wanted to write a like a kind of pride song and so I was like okay I love language and I love where language comes from and so I started researching a whole bunch on um on different like trans slang and different like gay slang and different particular labels and identities that particularly speak to me like being gay and trans and queer and lesbian and things like that um and I, the second verse is like just all euphemisms for um for gridlocks and stuff like that <laughs> and uh and stuff and so i have so much researching is so fun to me so then using a uh um less um a less uh i guess a more direct example would be like with um my uh, album that i'm actually working on not just the song where i'm writing a song and it's um uh Gosh, I've lost my train of thought. Ah, no, it blacked out. Me every day of my life, uh, don't worry, hon. <laughs> yeah, same. So, like, uh, doing a. We're a saying song, a more direct um, example. Yeah, a more direct example uh, for this kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of Halloweenish album, mm -hmm. where I'm like singing about these. Um, you know, uh, one of the songs is like the end of. You know, maybe the end of days won't be bad, all that bad. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this song. I want it to be a theme. It's optimistic because I'm bubbly and I'm optimistic. And I'm like, okay, maybe when the world ends, let's just think of all the positives. And so I'm like, so I can do like some funny things. I'm going to be like, oh, you know, it won't be so bad. The lines will be gone. You know, uh, uh, you can finally get that workout in and read that book that you want to and stuff like that. Um, and then I'm like, okay, but what's like really interesting ways to say that? And so like the song opens up, um, the general prognostication of estacology, I can see, do you may believe if the dead doesn't rise, then the, then the sun will just shine and swallow our little world. So I'm like using these very like verbose like, like words that. to That's describe. Yeah, shit damn. That's great. Um, and then going into being like, you know, maybe the end of days won't be so bad. <laughs> Everyone could complain about all the death, but those of us who are still around, we're just trying to 
keep optimistic while the world's crashing down, you know? Sort of I think there's something really, really... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. something really, really romantic to me about falling in love in a in a in a extinction event. Yeah. You know? I think there's something beautiful about that. All those little movies that are like, hey, the world ends in two days, but uh oh, I'm falling in love. That's like uh-huh. fun. I like those. <laughs> They've got your number. I love it. Yep. I think in like a well, in one way I'm like uh, well, it's, it's great because it's, you know, just to feel at any time is good. And then at another point, like in a depressing sort of way, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know, like I could like make a really bad mistake and like I could accidentally um, have like a plane fall in my house or something tomorrow sort of thing. So like there's this like this give and take of like trying to be, but it's also exhaustion, exhausting being constantly being like, live it as if it's your last day. But that also kind of feels very trans as a way of being like, we're just trying to grab in an existentialist sort of way. We're constantly trying to work to improve ourselves and, and find meaning in our lives, um, whether that's creation of art or creating a, a more comfortable um, uh, temple that we exist in or um, any of those other yeah, things. I love that. Like a humorous moment in that Don Hertzfeld film. The guy then finds out he's dying, and like the first thing he does is he looks at his bath mat and he says, "Like that's the most fucking beautiful bath mat I've ever <laughs> seen," because he's suddenly seeing the world in this very finite space and stuff like that. And it's not a great place to live for a long period of time, but it's a it's a nice memento mori, you know, sort of. There's thing. a certain beauty in it for sure. Yeah. Hi everyone, Marcia here. Wanted to give a shout out to our amazing Patreons. Nikki Canis, hey, shout out. It was nice to see you at Gay Baseball. T.L. Teasley, Nicole Breckbull, Jenny Starr, Bryn, Ash, Aaron Garcia. Thank you all so, so much for your support. It means the world to us. And we can't wait to see you again next episode. If you would like to be a Patreon, go to patreon.com slash transpotting and you'll find everything there. Patreon access gets you early access to podcasts. It gets you access to our video feed where we show the raw, unedited, unfiltered, uncut footage of us messing around trying to make this podcast. And um, I think we're going to have like a special place on the Discord soon. Your support means the world to us and we couldn't be doing this as much as we do it without without you. Ah, I am bad at words. Anyway, um, we'll see you next episode for another fantastic episode of Transpotting Trans Edition. (laughs) See ya. Bryn?